1: Whiteout week is officially here, Penn State fans, which means there's no shortage of recruiting topics to discuss this week. Uh, Sean Fitz and I are going to get into that complete whiteout list that we did over the last week. We have over, I think, 60 plus prospects now that have scholarship offers from at least a handful of schools out there. Uh, We'll also get into that Michigan loss. What does it mean for Penn State moving forward? And we'll round out the show with a look at the On 300 update for the class of 2024. Let's get into it. White out week officially here. But first, Sean, how was the trip to Ann Arbor with Greg and Nate your first time on a road trip with your new
0: colleagues? I guess it's not your first trip with Nate. Let's be honest about that. But uh, do you guys have a good time? We had a great time, Uh, you know, minus that whole little window there on Saturday afternoon when I think (laughs) nobody had a good time. It was good. Greg, as you would guess from reading his stuff and as fast as he gets stuff up, is a bit of a robot. He drove all the way out and all the way back. We were back in town uh, in State College by midnight on Saturday. So um, football aside, good trip. You, You throw the football into it. Does not help out things. Um, but uh, yeah, safe trip, which is all we can ask for. And um, Michigan, not as far as people think it is. So uh, it, was, it was a good drive for us. I've been to a good chunk of the Big Ten schools. I have not been to Ann Arbor yet. So that
1: is something I'll have to do at some point. But let's get into the real talk after that game, which is how does it impact recruiting? Because we talked about the high of Ann Arbor and how fans shouldn't overthink. Or put too much stock into one game. But here we have the opposite, I would say, which is, you know, does this loss really, really hurt Penn State moving forward? I think you already know. I mean, I, I would hope that people who follow us know we're, we're not going to put too much stock into the game, but uh, Sean, I'll throw it to you. Just your kind of thoughts on how it impacts recruit.
0: Well, I, I know you've got Ann Arbor on the brain, but we, we had this conversation after Auburn and it was really, um, you know, don't get too high. Don't get ahead of yourselves because, you know, although things were great and this can help you out to add to your visitor list for the whiteout, get people on campus for maybe that Ohio state game uh, in two weeks. Don't think it's going to turn into commitments or anything like that right away. Now, Michigan, I, I will I will say the same thing. I'll lay the same groundwork for for what we've talked about before. One loss, one performance is not going to kill you or put you over the top. The the trend of falling flat in big games uh, against teams like Michigan and Ohio State, who not only you play against on the field, but you also recruit against, is is certainly troubling. It's not gonna it's not gonna be the dagger. It's not gonna kill you, but the trend is is certainly something you can take away from it. So I I, I don't want you to panic and and get too worried about how recruiting will all of a sudden fall off a cliff because of one game because it won't. Um, but this is something that, you know, Penn State sooner or later needs to win some big games. You just keep going back to the 2017 Ohio State game, which could have just rocketed Penn State into the next level they didn't clear that hurdle. And of course, since then it's been kind of ups and downs and and things like that. And it just, you haven't gotten to that level. And, and that I think is what's going to keep happening with Penn state. You're going to get that reputation of, of very good team, very good program. That is a top 20, top 15 program. But if you can't get over the top, beat the Ohio States, beat the Michigans and, and, and eventually, you know, just get where you need to be and get to that next tier. That's where you're going to come up short. So, I think it's more of a big picture uh, conversation to have. And and, and we've had that, uh, you know, especially after the Auburn game when everybody was feeling great about themselves. Uh, Someone said, you know, you're not as great as you, as you think you are when you win you're not as bad as you think you are when you lose that's going to come off in recruiting as well because there's still going to be a ton of excitement this weekend there's still going to be an absolutely huge visitor list uh for the minnesota whiteout this weekend we've got i think you said over 60 scholarship guys penn state scholarship offer guys um it's it's absolutely massive the list that we have up um and we'll talk about that in a little bit uh but that's that's where you have to spin it that's where you have to find out how good your recruiters are um you know instead of I guess, lamenting the loss and saying that, you know, that that Penn State is down. You have to spin that into we need these guys, and, and that's what good recruiters do. So you have to use this as an opportunity. As much as it sucks to hear, you have to use it as a, a learning experience on the field. You have to use it as an opportunity off the field to try and propel yourself. Uh, and, and, and this being the recruiting podcast – That's what we're focused on 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 that side. You try to propel yourself um, to getting those guys that can get you over the top. Because we look at this roster, there's not a ton of difference makers uh, at the top end of things. Not John Dodson's not walking through that door, especially receiver. Um, Well, we can talk about quarterback eventually, but that's that's really not the conversation to have on the recruiting podcast today either. Um, But it's uh, it's certainly a conversation to have. I think Penn State uh, has to use this to their advantage. Any school. I would say that about any school, but uh, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of explaining that there's that, that left to do.
1: The one guy, the one recruit, I guess I would say, that kind of grabs my attention with this result is Anthony Specca, just because I really believe Speca is leaning towards Michigan and Penn State. I, I really feel strongly that those two are at the top of his recruitment. And, you know, he just went to that game, wasn't a good performance at all for Penn State and now he's coming back to Penn State this weekend. Uh, so just kind of curious on. I'll definitely be reaching out to him next week to just kind of get a better feel for how did he look at that game? How do he look at the linebacker performance in that game? The overall defensive performance? I mean, there's so much to get into. <clears throat> and then. You know, obviously, you know what's he think about the whiteout and things like that, and just where's his overall recruitment stand? You know, the one thing I remember talking to him in the summer about was that he has a really good relationship with Ben Herbert, who is Michigan's trainer. Uh, ben is from the Pittsburgh area, so there's a strong relationship there. Uh, yeah, he's gotten to know you know Losi and others since then a little bit more as well. But that's you know, if I if I really had to to make a pick right now, I think I would kind of lean towards Michigan. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, with him being out there, uh, how how it will have an impact. They will move forward. And of course now like the good thing for Penn state, of course, is that he's going to be back here this weekend for the whiteout game. So just, just be curious to see where his outlook is here uh, at the end of October.
0: That's probably a different part of this conversation because you, you get that win against Auburn and that's fantastic. I mean, you you're feeling good about yourself, but you look realistically at the number of kids you go head to head against Auburn with, and it's, it's some, but it's not many. You go to, I mean, half of your, your, your legitimate targets are also have Michigan on their list. So going ahead to head, losing like they lost, not, not so much losing, but, you know, a, a 24 point game that wasn't as close as the score would indicate. Um, that's that's one that you have to you, you got a little bit of mud, mud on your face after that one. So I think that's the situation you get into with Anthony Speca. Obviously, you know, they lost Evan Link, uh, who was a big time target uh, to Michigan. And, you know, any thought of flipping him or thought of, you know, just staying in with him, probably subsided with that with that game. So, I think that's a different conversation, but yeah, that's that's one that you're going to have to look at and Michigan fan or excuse me, Michigan coaches should be feeling good about their ability to, to recruit against Penn State after that game. It won't last forever. You know, that this is something we've seen before Penn State of course flipped uh 2016 t- 2016 season and ended up winning a big 10 championship and vaulting themselves off of that. So, nothing is going to last forever, but uh Michigan, you know, for head-to-head targets certainly probably went up a couple of percentage points.
1: Yeah. I was looking at that the other day. There was, you know, Penn state has four losses of more than two scores, uh, since 2016, three are to Michigan, all at Michigan. So there's something there. I mean, it's, it's very clear that Penn state is built to go against Ohio state more than the, you know, the the way Michigan's built their program. So just, you know, we'll we'll see how things go in the coming years, of course, but the spec of thing always is something I'll be paying attention to here in weeks ahead. All right. all On 300 list is out for the class of 2024 and you know, with only one committed player in that class, there are just a ton of guys uh, to, to keep an eye on uh, on this list. This this list was also I think over 50 of the on 300 guys have visited Penn State already. And I, I included about 65 or so on the list. It added some guys who, you know, I expect to either visit soon, uh, have have a good relationship with the coaches, just haven't gotten here, you know, because they, they live far away or whatever it may be. Uh, a couple couple things that grabbed my attention right away. Uh, Sean I'll throw it to you as, as well but I, I'm going to start with Liam Andrews uh, and I'm going to throw this to you as well because you were at camp with me in the summer uh, Liam jumps from 82 to 42 in the nation uh, he's one of the top interior line prospects in the country which shouldn't surprise anybody I think this is some someone that Sean and I know you know just recently since we've been working together but really for, for the longest time we've been talking about Liam Andrews for for months now it feels like I mean he he is going to be I think he's easily Penn State's top interior line prospect, and I think he should be one of their top overall offensive line prospects in the entire 2024 class.
0: Overall targets, I mean, just uh, forget yeah. skill players, offensive linemen. This kid came to camp um, and really carried with him uh, a, a bit of a nastiness that, and I, and and that's kind of uh, that's a different story. We're not going to talk about that today. But <laughs> Liam Andrews was was fantastic. Uh, he had an attitude about him, and he carried himself as as a guy that was probably. Older than, than he is and I think that that's something that you look at and you look at a team that got uh, manhandled up front and you need to, to to add size as James Franklin said over the weekend and I think they're I think they're on their way with that I mean you look at last uh, last class you had a guy like Malik McNeil uh, a couple of those freshmen Drew Shelton's a big kid uh, Vega Yoni's massive absolutely massive you move on to this year you have got Birchmeyer, Javon Williams and Anthony Donka very big kids as well and then Cooper Cousins six five and a half you know all these guys are six five plus. Um, which hopefully they can you know eventually develop, obviously, but uh, hopefully they can continue to get that line a little bit taller, a little bit longer, in those things that you're looking for, and a little bit more dominant, which obviously Penn State fans are looking for. Um, but yeah, Liam Andrews is is a he's a dog man. He he's he's fun to watch, and I think Penn State has done a nice job of getting you know so, sort of setting the table on Ohio State's there, Michigan's there, uh, uh, Notre Dame's there as well. I, mean, I think I may may have said Notre Dame instead of Michigan. Um, but, uh, there's a lot, to, uh, there's a lot to like about Liam Andrews. And you look through that list, Gerby uh, Lambert up there in, in new England as well. Very good uh, relationship with Penn state. And just, uh, after this weekend, that's what Penn state fans are gonna be looking for. They're going to uh, gloss over the receivers, gloss over the defensive backs and look to the, uh, the beef. And those are two guys that are not quite in your wheelhouse. Cause it's new England. It's not Pennsylvania. It's not, you know, the, the mid Atlantic, but it's a, uh, it's a spot where Penn state should compete. Yeah, if we're going to talk about big
1: guys, there's another uh, big move for the on 300, and that's Kevin Haywood. And, you know, a couple, couple weeks ago, but you know, before this update, Kevin Haywood wasn't even ranked by on three. And, of course, they, they've been watching him for a while. They, they knew that there was going to be a ranking on him, but he jumps all the way to 184 in the nation. So not just like a high three star or anything like that. He is firmly in the on 300 and considered a four star prospect and, and really on the way up. And I, I had to talk with Charles Power uh, just last night uh, about just kind of what what he saw from Kevin Haywood. And it's really just his his his, um, you know, athleticism and, and his movement overall for six, seven two 80. Uh, Really, really impressive. Charles was saying that he wouldn't be surprised from watching the film if some smaller schools had interest in him as a defensive lineman, uh, just because of how well he moves and how much that defensive line film kind of played a role uh, in this overall rating. So, of course, Sean and I have picks in for Kevin Haywood to end up at Penn State. Uh, we, we feel pretty, pretty good about that. And, you know, maybe who knows it could happen, uh, you know, bef- before the end of the year. So somebody to keep an eye on. I, I'm going to just run through a couple other guys real quick, Sean, that, that I think rank, ratings-wise need to be pointed out. Quentin Martin. Uh, previously number 19 in the country is looking like a five-star player he drops to number 74 overall and from talking to Charles the big thing is just what position is Quentin Martin going to play and this is something we've consistently talked about Penn State likes him primarily as a running back from what we've gathered so far but you know at, with his size could he be a safety could he be a linebacker we'll see I mean every for the most part Sean would you agree running back w- with him for Penn yeah. State I, I, I'm Confused for, for Penn State. For
0: Penn State, definitely. I mean, okay. I, I'd love to see him at linebacker. You know, you'd love to see him play outside linebacker, use that athleticism there, but. Me, I, you know, I, I, undervalue running backs so much. Um, like, you know, because I look at the draft and the NFL draft and things like that, and you wonder how can this guy help you the most, and are your running backs interchangeable? We've seen that's not exactly mm-hmm. the case. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. I think I, I just I just look at him and say, is he an elite top tier running back? I mean, we've seen five star running backs that come in right there and, and go, and and they're different. Is Quentin Martin that much different than, you know, a running back that's in the top 200 things, something like that. So I, Mm -hmm. I, and I think what's going on here with these recruitments, I think there's a lot of self-correction going on early. I mean, this, these kids are still midway through their junior year, if that, and uh, it's, it's, there's a lot to um, come back on. You're seeing a lot of guys that popped up early with really good rankings that were six foot, six foot one when they were ranked. And now they're six foot, six foot one, and they haven't grown and, and things like that. So, we, we do rank kids too early. I mean, let's, let's be honest with you. I know, yeah. I know our 25 rankings are out already. Um, and some guys just, uh, I don't want to say fall off, but self-correct is, is a good way to put it and and probably, um, find themselves nested into a, a more realistic, uh, more realistic, uh, slot in that, uh, in those rankings.
1: Yeah, and that's what Charles was saying. He was like, look, this kid is a phenomenal football player. I mean, he was rated number 19 because he is a phenomenal high school football player. But the more we watch him, uh, just the 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 ambiguity of where he's going to play long-term uh, just kind of has us confused at the moment. So he made it very clear that Quint Martin could shoot back up um, you know, but they we got to figure out uh, what what position he's going to play. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, a couple other guys that just kind of stood out to me when I when I go through this list. Gabriel Williams from St. Vincent Palani, someone we haven't talked about a ton because of all the other linebackers out there. Aaron Childs, Chris Jones, Anthony Specka, so many others. But Williams are from two thirty seven to eighty two overall. I, I didn't know he ran a four seven five. I believe it was laser time forty. Something to keep an eye on there. I'm, I'll be curious to see. Um, just kind of where Penn State looks at him moving forward. But that was something that that Charles said. You know, he was a legit from a camp. This was from, I think, the Under Armour camp. 6'4", 200, ran a 475, laser 40. So something to keep an eye on there with Gabriel Williams. I I still think those other guys are ahead of him, but that was a massive jump there.
0: Yeah. And we're going to see a lot of that with uh, with junior film coming out with, uh, you know, you're, you're taking the junior film, you're matching it to the numbers that you have, whether you got them in camp or you got them, as you said, an Under Armour camp, uh, they used to have the Nike camps and things like that. You're, you're using all this data to go back and try and figure out um, is what what is on that tape. Does that match up with what you're seeing um, with those numbers? So, I mean, like I said, there's there's a lot of guys. Like you look at this, and there's a lot of guys that are moving around. And and as you mentioned, guys that surprise you, guys that just pop up out of nowhere, that are familiar names. I mean, Jeray Hawkins ran a four three at Penn State's camp, and now he was previously unranked. Now he's at one ninety two. Well, I mean that that sort of doesn't change things in his recruitment but it kind of changes mm-hmm. the way you look at it from an outside perspective and then there's guys that uh may have peaked early and and are currently falling down the list and as you said guys have an opportunity to get back up there but it's uh it's a long cycle like i said we, we rank these guys too early maybe a little bit too much of a microscope on these guys as you just so you know ideally you'd like to sit back and watch them develop um but you've got uh you've got some guys that are moving up and guys are moving down Dom Nichols, uh, the guy that we've talked about on the podcast several times here, the defensive end from Maryland, was at one thirty-eight. Now he's at two seventy-seven. Maybe just not as athletic. I mean, he's still a very good prospect, um, but right. maybe just not as athletic as you thought originally. So there's a lot that goes into it, and these things will continue to move.
1: Yeah, I, I'll just run through a couple other guys before we switch away. Out, listen. I'll I'll keep this to to really Charles' thoughts. I mean, the Dominic Nichols thing was they're seeing really good rush rush defense from him. But he's just not technically and coordinated enough, like right now, to be an elite pass rusher. So that was kind of Charles' thought there. Jalen Harvey moved down a good bit. He's at 265, was previously 139. It the the size thing is what's throwing Charles off on that one. Uh speed off the edge, like his burst elite, is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's something to keep an eye on there. I mean, he was a little under 6'2", I believe, was was the measurement that that Charles had on him. Um, I believe from the summer uh, is where it was. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, Just a couple other guys I want to mention too. Tysier, Denmark, Jaden Bradford. Both guys were top 50 prospects. Uh, Tysier, of course, from Roman Catholic, ends up at 145 wide receiver. And then um, Jaden Bradford, quarterback at IMG Academy, he's down to 149 now. The thought process there from from Charles is – Um, Ty Sears just kind of hasn't taken the next step yet when there's a lot of bigger, faster guys who have taken the next step this junior year. Uh, Ty Sears' film has been really good. You know, just comparable, though, to sophomore year where it hasn't kind of taken, you know, uh, to the next level. And then Jaden Bradford, (laughs) I mean, he was saying just kind of, it's really hard to evaluate IMG quarterbacks because they're always blowouts. <laughs> they're always running the ball for the most part, uh, and you're you're just a ball distributor there more than like a playmaker, right? You're you're not asked to do um, you know more with your legs and, mm-hmm. and you know make those big time plays because you're blowing guys out. So Jaden drops down a little bit. The, the one thing he was saying too is just that. The overall quarterback class, especially if we're comparing to twenty twenty three, just looks to be down quite a bit. And a lot of those guys that were top one hundred, uh, they 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 fell down into that one hundred to two hundred, or at least I'd say seventy five to one fifty kind of range is a better way to put it. So, um, you know, just 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 Charles' thoughts on a couple of those guys. Uh, Jordan Lyle, too, is one of the guys I wanted to mention. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas running back has visited Penn State twice, and as of at least I think the end of the summer, he hadn't visited any other school. Uh, he jumps from 259 to number 99. So he is in the top 100 now.
0: So yeah. a couple of good guys back, there to mention. Yeah. all around. That, 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 I think it's like one of the hardest things to do, especially when you're playing at Aquinas, you know, you're playing against top competition, you're playing at uh, IMG, you're playing against top competition. Then you've got Quentin Martin, who's playing against good competition in Pennsylvania. It's completely different. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think you're just looking at, you know, for a guy like Tayser Denmark, who was at 46, is now at 145. He's a fan, fantastic player. Penn State would be happy to have him, I believe. But are, are you elite? I, and I keep going back to Ohio State because they've recruited receivers so well. And that's one of the things. I think Ohio State was probably his top school or might still be his top school. I'm not sure um, where he stands in that. But is he elite enough to play, uh, to, to to be to be in one of those classes? I don't know. And that's always been the question that I've had about Denmark. But, yeah, he's a tr- uh, terrific player. I think Penn State would be happy to have him. But, then you're looking at the haves and the, and the have-nots uh, on a bigger picture. So we don't we don't need to get into that one uh, today. But yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of quality there. A lot of uh, quality on on both sides of the offensive and defensive line. As I said, Penn State fans, especially going into the whiteout weekend, will be looking at those offensive and defensive linemen and uh, offensive and defensive line uh, rankings and classes and who's still out there and do you throw a uh, you know uh, do, you, do you throw a hail mary to try and get a big kid into the class late and things like that. Um, I would uh, I would suggest tapping the brakes on on that strategy for now but it's a it's a serious uh, quandary for Penn State fans to to figure out how they're going to get bigger how they're going to get more athletic and as you you've said several times Ryan those those kids don't grow on trees. No. They do not on offensive or defensive line and uh
1: you know it's, it's something Penn State's going to have to keep working on but it's uh in my opinion one of the one of the most important things are moving forward for them.
0: But all right
1: Whiteout list—we saved it last for a reason. I was just counting while you were talking there, Sean. The scout, the players who are telling us they are coming for the whiteout as of right now, and hold a Penn State scholarship offer—it's exactly seventy. So impressive, impressive list. If this is how it all shakes out, of course we can't get into all seventy guys here. Uh, That would take forever. So I will start with you, Sean. Just who kind of grabs your attention when you're looking down this list i have four or five guys that certainly stand out to me i know you have a couple guys as well you you can start
0: what what grabs your eyes yeah uh first off great list especially 2024 2025 um that's where the the juice is going to be they'll slip some 2023 kids in there um guys are looking at late um or guys that they'll potentially flip but as we said last week This is something that's going to happen probably towards the end of the week. Uh, We don't have a recruiting podcast at the end of the week, but there will be names added. And and there's going to be names that that don't make it. There's a lot of optimism in terms of traveling. I know Ryan's talked to some kids from California. Yeah, we want to be there. We want to check this out. We've heard all, all these great things. Well, did you buy a plane ticket yet? No, but we're still figuring that stuff out. So, okay, man. Let's uh, let's just maybe yeah. cross you off the list, and uh, maybe sometimes get ahead of ourselves with that one. Um, but y- you look at this, and I've, I've focused a lot on the the defensive line uh, and the offensive line because, uh, as for what I just said a couple of minutes ago, but Jalen Harvey, a guy that we talked about as a rankings dropper. Because of that size, 6'2", 235, he's got good length. Um, this is a guy that I put in an RPM pick for last week uh, on the site, and I think Penn State is in a good spot. Ohio State did just offer this week, uh, as they typically do when they see that, uh, that, that there's a guy that's maybe – not ready to make a decision, but, uh, you know, is, is seems to be trending in one direction. Uh, Penn State loves his kid. I mean, he's, he's from the same high school as Chop Robinson. Similar profile, not as long, um, but his snap off the snap uh, – excuse me, his – his snap off the edge uh, coming off the coming off the ball is elite. I mean he's he's a really really terrific edge player. Um, and he's not I mean he's not 62205. He's not 622210. Not that there's anything wrong with those kids, but he's he he can beef up and play the run as well. Uh, I know Penn State has looked for more length. They've looked for those 65 guys, but let, let's be honest, they've had a lot of success with guys that are 6263 and rushing the passer. Arnold Ebacate, of course, Chop is has done a really nice job so far. So Jalen Harvey is a kid that I put in a pick for last week. I really like him as a prospect, and I think Penn State has set themselves up well. He's been up for uh, multiple visits. I think he was up for the, uh, it was the Northwestern game or the Central Michigan game. It was a couple weeks ago. Um, so getting him back on campus so soon continues that trend of we like of we like where Penn State stands with Harvey. Yeah. Another defensive end that stands out to me, uh, Brian
1: Robinson from Ohio, Austin Town Fitch. I got to watch him at Penn State seven on seven earlier this year. We've talked about Brian a lot. Um, you no, know, no Ohio State offer, which is just it's intriguing to me. There's some, there's clearly something there that you know I need to learn a little bit more, but uh, he's a he's clearly a top 200 guy. on three has him at 178. The consensus has him at 121. We have him at 6'5, 230. Um, you know. From what I saw this year, everything was pretty dang impressive uh, from a leadership perspective, from an on field perspective. I mean, it was it was one of the, the best camps I got to watch this year. And then from talking to him after, you know, he was really raved about James Franklin, because kind of said that, you know, from his two visits he's taken to Penn State so far. You know, Franklin as a head coach has stood out to him um, as much or, or more to, to, than really any other head coach he's been able to meet. And he's done a lot of visits. He's done like 20 plus schools, I believe it is so far. Uh, so you know that that certainly stands out but let's see how things shake up of course i think michigan's going to be a real player notre dame stands out i mean how many times we talk about michigan and notre dame being penn state schools uh competitors uh kentucky as well as another school he's visited a couple times so keep an eye on brian robinson um sean anybody else you want to throw to i mean there's a, i can talk about a ton of guys here but uh Anyone, you yeah, want to get in? We'll
0: play a little tennis here? We'll just go back and forth. And I think Robinson okay. was at that game over the weekend. So that's something to do with there. Uh, yeah. D.D. Holmes, defensive lineman from Gonzaga in Washington, D.C. You want to get bigger? He's 6'6", 240, um, listed 240. It actually looks bigger than that. Um, but uh, it's a guy. Penn State has had a lot of success in that conference. And, you know, as at Gonzaga, of course, Fashanu from, from Gonzaga as well. Um, so you want to get bigger? Six six two forty 240 is a good way to start. Is he an interior guy? Is he a, a defensive, a big defensive end at the next level? It's hard to say. Depends how he grows. But uh, Penn State leads on the RPM. And, I, and I, I say that about a bunch of these kids right now because a lot of that is distance related. Uh, not a ton of visits so far. Um, he has been to Penn State before. But getting him back on campus, D.D. Holmes, probably a guy in the region that we don't talk enough about. We've got him at 143 overall. Uh, Number three player in DC, also a four-star consensus uh, prospect as well. So, D.D. Holmes is just a guy. When you're looking over that list, uh, you probably scan past him, but a really good player from Gonzaga. Yeah, speaking of big players,
1: Kevin Haywood would be one of my picks as well. Uh, We just talked about him for the on three hundred jumps from unranked to one eighty four in the nation. He's a you know number ninety one is his overall grade now, and uh, you know Charles really talked about how he's one of those guys who could continue to move up uh, as long as he continues to progress. He said there's a good batch of tackles there in that 100 to 200 range that are really starting to, to you know, make things click and, and take another step. But, you know, Sean and I have RPM picks in for Kevin Haywood. Would this be the weekend? I mean, if, if I had – I mean, of course, we have picks in for Haywood and Dominic Nichols. Those would easily be my two picks for, for this weekend if somebody was going to commit. I mean, Haywood has been a guy that, you know, we've heard for a while, has been thinking about it, but nothing from Haywood has really kind of come out and said, uh, you know, that he's absolutely going to make that move. But 6'7", 280, again, size, size, size. He's got that athleticism as well, uh, Pennsylvania prospect, Archbishop Wood, uh, even has a Decent relationship with Cooper Cousins. Not that they talk all the time, but you know that there, there is a there is a growing friendship there. So Kevin Haywood certainly a guy that stands out this weekend. And you know if, they, if there would
0: be a commitment this weekend, I would I would assume it would be him or Dominic Nichols. Yeah, we can throw the commit watch on there just uh, because that that one seems not obvious, but that one seems like a really good candidate. You you throw the logic at it, you throw. The fact that, that, that Penn State's been in it for a long time. I mean, this is a kid that, that had I don't believe had started or been a full-time starter until this season. Penn State took a leap of faith there, offered him early, and uh, has had him on campus a few times and just kind of fits in with what uh, with that equation if you're looking for, for potential commits there. So, um, yeah, I thought, thought we are going to save him for the end as a potential commit watch guy, but that'll be somebody that we're <laughs> trying to gather more info on uh, throughout the week. I'll move on. Ernest Willor, Um uh, I think I probably just said that wrong um, because I said it in my head differently. Um, But he is originally from Baltimore, St. Paul's School in Baltimore, uh, transferred down to IMG Academy. He's having a very good year at IMG Academy, 6'3", 235, and continues to grow. I think he actually may be an interior guy at the next level, but he's doing some, some really good things for IMG. Very athletic kid there, 35th nationally in the consensus. We have him a little bit lower. At 174, and I think he he, he went up in the uh, on three rankings, but uh, 174 overall. But this is the type of kid. It goes down to IMG. You you've got questions about uh, how much does that change his recruitment. I know he's popped up at Florida a few times. He's popped up at some Southern schools a few times. It hasn't been great when prospects from the Northeast go down to IMG and stay there. I know that there have been some guys that have gone down and come back, but that's a different story. Um, Ernest has gone down and 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 really done some nice things there. So uh Penn State's got his work cut out from them for themselves but IMG is off this weekend so if he's going to be closer to home he's going to take in this game and uh it's an opportunity for you to try and get back ahead of it when you look back to last year uh Penn State seemed to be in a really good spot before he moved away but now it's a different story so it'll be interesting to see what uh what Will or will do um from here on out but Penn State's gotta gotta make an impression this weekend Ernest willer that's how i've been pronouncing willer it, so uh, I, I, that's what i was saying in my head and then i came out with willor <laughs> sound like an idiot <laughs> look like an idiot i just, uh, multi multi-talented over here i've
1: mispronounced everybody's names, so
0: you're good all right brady
1: Priestcorn, tight end would be one of my guys as well uh a top 100 prospect just about everywhere uh through this latest update, he is the third-ranked tight end in the country for on three, as I said, number 55 in the nation, number 62 in the on three consensus. Another Michigan guy, hasn't, wasn't at the game last week, but has visited Michigan early in the year, also went to Michigan State's game Uh, against one of the directional Michigans. I forget which one, earlier in the year. Uh, But this is Penn State's top tight end prospect. I think he's been that way for a long time. I will say Jaden Riddell is a a player that I think is starting to emerge a little bit for for Ty Howe in this group, someone they're really trying to get on campus. But I don't see anyone really surpassing Grady Priestcorn as Penn State's top top target there. So this will be his fourth visit, I believe, overall to Penn State, which is more than Michigan from what I understand. Uh, I know he's been to Michigan State four times. I have three visits down for Michigan. Again, three for Penn State, with of course, this would be his fourth then. So, um, I think Ty Howell's, got a, I mean, Ty Howell's got a real chance with this one, uh, and this would be his his, his top uh, tight end prospect if he's able to bring him in as, as far as since he took over that position. So um, I, I think Penn State's going to be top three throughout, but they're they're going to have to fight with Michigan. And, and look, Notre Dame's still in the mix. I think he was trying to visit Georgia at one point. I don't believe he got there. He did go to Alabama in, in July, so there's going to be no shortage of, of, of top schools going after him, but I'd be surprised if Penn State's not one of those two or three schools he picks from
0: uh, when it's time to make a decision. Brady priest uh, James Franklin, went to see him the other day um, uh, before the Michigan game. Uh, he's Penn State's prioritized them. He's prioritized Penn State by by visiting multiple times. Um, as you mentioned, Ty Howell's top target. He really likes Ty Howell as well, so um, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I'll move on. Aaron Scott, probably not going to come to Penn State uh, You know, in the long run. He is a cornerback who was a really good cornerback from Springfield, Ohio. He's got an Ohio State offer, which – I mean Ohio State has been selective in their in-state offers as we'll see getting on to my uh my fifth guy or my fifth guys um but Aaron Scott was an addition last week uh number 20 in the On3 ranking so add another top 25 national player to this list and it's uh it's certainly a good uh a good list I, as I said it's so tough to to pry any uh any player from the state of Ohio especially um you know from not northeast Ohio not uh, not eastern Ohio Um, but uh, Penn State's got a good relationship with him. Terry Smith has been on him for a long time, Um, but he's just a guy that when you look at this list, he really jumps out because of that high ranking, because of uh, the way that Penn State's played uh, at corner, gives you some sort of shot, probably not going to get him, but uh, it's, uh, it's certainly one of those top, top level visitors this weekend.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, Ryan Wingo, wide receiver, St. Louis, Missouri, number 14 in the nation and according to the On3 Consensus. So he is on pace to be a five-star player in the consensus. Wingo's been all over the place, man. I mean, he has taken a ton of visits to a ton of schools, I believe. This will certainly be his first to Penn State. I know he's taken five visits to Notre Dame, uh, Arkansas four times, Missouri, Texas, A&M, Texas, a couple others. Uh, There's so many schools, Michigan, LSU, Oklahoma, Miami, Ohio State. I mean, he has been all over the place. So this will be his first visit to Penn State. Is Penn State going to be able to land Ryan Wingo long-term? Certainly not going to be easy, but you got to get these guys on campus. You got to, you know, do whatever you can to really get your foot in the door. Uh, we know Taylor Stubblefield wants to see Ryan Wingo play. During the bye week, uh, you know, he flew out there just to see Wingo, really. So, I mean, I kind of think that speaks for how important he is uh, to to Stubblefield and the staff. So uh, this is Penn State's chance to, to make a first impression, you know, make that top 10 and, you know, hopefully for for Stubblefield and them you know getting the top five and who knows what will happen for there but certainly won't
0: be an easy pool 6 198 and one of the top overall receivers in the nation yeah you want game changers at that position they're going out to try and find them by the way Stubblefield was at uh um in Michigan last week Nick Marsh who I think was probably his top target overall his Michigan State commit uh went to see him so they're prioritizing some really really good players I'm a big fan of Nick Marsh I think we have him uh, in the 160s or something like that I think he's possibly a top 50 player he's really really freaking good um but uh my fifth guy is an offensive line from ohio state or from ohio um that's four guys uh you got Devontae armstrong deontay armstrong the twins that have been on campus a couple of times now uh penn state offered i believe in in late july after watching both of them camp uh luke hamilton interior prospect uh, from avon ohio and ben roebuck from from uh Lakewood, Saint Edward. Actually, three of those guys are from Saint Edward. Um, but that's you want to get bigger. These guys are big. <laughs> these guys are very, very big. Um, and and they none. I don't think any of them have an Ohio State offer, which could change in any minute. Ohio State takes a little bit longer to evaluate some of these in-state offensive linemen. Then when they get the offer, they're gone essentially. Um, but uh, that's kind of how things have worked. But. Can't offer them all. Can't have them all. Um, there are four guys from Ohio: Luke Hamilton, Devonte Armstrong, Deontay Armstrong, Ben Roebuck. That you just keep an eye on because it's uh, you know these kids grow up wanting to play in the Big Ten. They don't get that opportunity from Ohio State. I know it's, it seems like hand me downs, but it's not really because these are good prospects. Uh, Hamilton is a four star by the consensus. We've got Devontae Armstrong at number three hundred. We've got Deontay Armstrong as a, as a four star prospect as well, and then Roebuck. Um, is a three-star prospect, but they, they bring plenty of beef with them uh, to that uh, to that recruiting room on Saturday, and I think that's where, where Penn State fans are trying to look for for prospects on the offensive and defensive line right now. Deontay, Devontae, and Ben
1: Roebuck are all in the same team. Yeah, <laughs> like that's who beat uh, Drew Aller last
0: year. Uh, so, you know, that's to a, to a knock big Drew out, out of a very big yeah. And you know, don't, I, I don't remember seeing them up, us, up close. Yeah, don't ask us to tell the twins apart because we just cannot keep twins straight we say the same about the smith twins up in new england uh loomis chafee and uh that's kind of how that works out with uh with twins it's uh it's great to have twin prospects because you're probably going to get dual scholarship offers but at the same time it's tough to to separate those guys yeah we always talk about you know friends following
1: friends like so overrated twins. They're actually the ones who actually do follow each other, which of course makes sense. Right. All right, Quinton Martin would be my last pick. It's a pretty simple one, right? I mean, we've been talking about him as being one of Penn State's top overall guys for the longest time. Yes, he dropped in the ratings a little bit, but I mean, again, this is not really because of who he is as a player. Uh, it's just trying to figure out where is he going to actually play. So that that's kind of the big reason behind that. Uh, Penn State's been raving about him for the longest time. He's been to Penn State more than any other school. I mean, he's. Pretty much admitted that Penn State is – I don't want to say the favorite because I don't think that's fair at this point in his recruitment, but absolutely right there. They're recruiting him as hard as anyone. He's talked about how maybe his best relationship was with Terry Smith over anyone. I mean, all the signs are there to say that Penn State – is uh, the early favorite with Quentin Martin, but I just, you know, there's a long way to go here. So uh, getting him back for, I believe this is his sixth or seventh visit out uh, to Penn State overall. He's taken three to Pitt, but he hasn't been to Pitt since uh, I think he took one visit. He went to the backyard brawl, but other than that, I mean, he hadn't really visited Pitt in a year. And all the other ones are like one visit to West Virginia, one to Michigan, one to Virginia Tech. I think he's been to maybe Ohio State or something like that too. So, um, you know, a lot of positive signs there when you look at the visits, of course, follow the visits. And uh, usually tells you the story. So Penn State's got to keep chipping away there, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, Sean, anything else? I know I jumped the put. Uh, I jumped the. Uh jump the shark i don't know what i'm looking for but I, we were supposed to talk about commitment to the end i screwed up and talked about it too early you but, really did uh, you probably
0: also didn't tell people to like the video and follow the page
1: oh, oh i did it again yeah. t frank i'm sorry uh I'm so sorry. very
0: quickly uh the pennsylvania kids always are something to not keep an eye on but uh, people are more interested in the pennsylvania kids than anyone else you you mentioned haywood you mentioned Martin, but Rico Scott is coming up. Specka is coming up, who you mentioned a little bit earlier. David Polly Polly, um, a guy that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, uh, will be here. Is the Stewart fierce from, uh from IMATEP. Uh, so you've got a ton of guys. Uh, Amelia Agard uh, Ar- from, uh, from St. Joe's Prep, Anthony Saka, I mean – there's going to be a lot of Pennsylvania flavor. I know people, you know, follow uh, the in-state guys maybe a little bit closer. So I think that's certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, you continue to try and build from from the home base out, and uh, getting those those prospects back on campus from Pennsylvania is is uh, not the, the the biggest deal in the world, but it's it's certainly something that uh, that you need to do. Cam
1: Lindsay, too, Peter Gonzalez for Central Catholic um uh, deshaun burnett's an up-and-coming prospect uh yeah. out of uh pittsburgh so lots to talk about there i think we'll be talking about marquez wimberly down the road too from parkland we haven't talked about that kid yet but uh
0: he's he's certainly grabbing people's a couple of really us. good freshman backs in state including here in state college so yeah there's yeah, uh, guys yeah. that we'll see how they develop It's uh it's a long way before saying that they're a penn state quality but uh certainly some really good players in that class
1: all right Next podcast, Sean has to do the promotion reads because I've I'm one for five now. I believe in doing the promotion reads. I hope you guys like the video, and I do swear the one dollar deal is actually ending like very Friday. very soon. Yeah. So yeah, take advantage of it, guys. Um, but all right, that's it for this week. T Frank, take us out. Appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll have a ton to talk about next Tuesday.